All right, thanks, y'all. Thanks for joining us for another Express News editorial board podcast. And it's totally different today because we're not talking to the mayor. <laughs> we're not talking to a senator or a candidate. We're talking to the mayor of football. <laughs> so we got Coach Jeff Trailer, defend the 210 from UTSA. Kerry uh, Clack, uh, who played football, right? Uh, back in the day. <laughs> and Mark Medici, our publisher, who also played football for a little, little bit. A little bit, yeah. And I did not play football. As <laughs> shocking, you, as, shocking. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> um, Coach Trailer, thanks for being with us today. Uh, we're all uh, we're all sports fans, so we talk about UTSA football all the time. And you know, before we get into all the stuff happening in college football right now, NIL, transfer portal, um, graduation rates, just there's uh, the whole. I hate to even call it an industry, but it kind of is an industry at this point. The whole college football scene is is shifting in big ways. Before we get there, you have brought UTSA football to like unbelievable heights uh, to a place that I think a lot of, a lot of fans haven't uh, didn't expect so soon. And Carrie's often made the observation that you are um, the most popular non-spur sports figure in San Antonio that, you know, we can rattle off all kinds of spurs. First time we have a, a sports figure. Who's not a spur who's like a household name. So what's the secret to success? What happened over these, these last three or four seasons where, you know, we're seeing so much winning, there's a ton of community momentum. How do you build, how do you build a, a great team? Well, thanks. It's awful kind of you to say to begin with, especially you, Carrie. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all it's it's the winning, unfortunately, because that that makes it sound like that's all there is. But nobody really likes a loser, um, and winning a lot helps, right? So because we came in here and we got such a great start so quickly, um, that always helps. And uh, I I do think the way you treat people matters. And uh, but no longer in my business are you rewarded for being a good guy. Uh, you could be a bad guy. And if you won as much as we have won, people would tolerate you. I do think this city is a little unique. Uh, it's a cool city. They appreciate good people. And I'm not saying I'm a perfect person by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think the people of the city do sin sincerely get me. They get my heart. Uh, they know how much I love kids and people and how much we love it here. Uh, so the winning... Uh, and treating people correctly. Uh, I've hired a lot of great coaches that are really bought into the city, and they love the city as well. Uh, we've grown like crazy. Our administration is, is, even though they get tired of me, I'm sure always wanting more and more and more and more. They have done their best to keep up with me. Uh, so we've just kind of all grown together, and, and championships help. And going back to back and doing that in the Alamo Dome, it's, it's just been really a cool ride. Yeah. Where do you, uh, how do you keep that momentum going? Where do you see it going next year? Um, it's, it's a great question. It's the first time I've had to go without Frank at quarterback. Right. And uh, mm -hmm. that'll be different. Uh, but people always seem to think like when we got here, uh, it was just me and Frank, you know, like that when I got here. <laughs> and it wasn't like that uh, when I got here, right? There was some growing pains and learning. And uh, there'll be some of that uh, with our next quarterback. Uh, but we are in a better place program-wise than we were when Frank and I got here, you know. So uh, that's going to be the key, replacing him. We also lost Rashad Wisdom. Those two kids have both worn the zero for me for four straight years. We vote for those numbers, and whoever gets the most votes 
you know, where's the zero? And when I got here, just so like everything else in college football, everything changed, right? That was the first year you could wear the zero uh, when I got here. And those kids, have been, the only kids have been in those zeros. So replacing those two kids uh, will be big. Uh, and we got to keep winning. I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves. We set the bar pretty high. And, um, if, for example, we're on the way over here. Kyle was with me. Uh, in four years, we lost three home games. Mm. That's, that's crazy. Uh, mm. In four years, we've lost uh, four conference games. You know, in the month of November, we've lost two games in four years. There's been a lot of winning going on. And when the team reflects the attitude of our city, which is an extremely tough city. This is a tough city. They're hardworking people. They're humble. They're loyal. I mean, I, I love how loyal they are to the Spurs. That, it's amazing to me how they're still there when I go to the games. They're so faithful to that organization. And we want to do that for this city. Like We want to be the football team of San Antonio. We, we want to be for the city football-wise, what the Spurs have been for the city, you know, basketball-wise. Well, it seems like, I mean, it seems like it's, the Roadrunners are the team, yeah, right? right? I mean, I, I, mean who, I mean, I moved all due respect to, to UIW and Trinity, who who have had good seasons that coincide with USA. But, I mean, 2022 was, again, going back to the Spurs, you have to compare that run. The closest thing would come to the McAllister Little League baseball team, which kind of brought the city together. But other than the Spurs championship years, 2012 was, I mean, 2022 is magical, but I want to go back to Frank Harris and the importance of his legacy to the school and to the city. And though he's not going to no longer play any more games, he's still connected to the football program. Just speak and how unique he is when it comes to a college football star who everyone knows isn't going to play professional. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned UIW and Trinity because they have had mm -hmm. unbelievable times as well. And uh, we all work very good together uh, and try to help each other out because uh, we know they play great football. So I in no way meant to uh, supersede their success. Um, but to answer your question about Frank, uh, I think him and I will always be linked together. Uh, you know, we just went through a lot together. He wasn't very trusting in the very beginning. Mm. Uh, I had to protect Frank from Frank. Uh, Frank uh, has always struggled staying healthy. Mm -hmm. So, and he plays a way that's very fearless, and everybody celebrates how he tries to run over people and jump people and all those kind of things, but it's not a safe way for a quarterback to play. So, there were times I held him out of games in that first year. That in his gut, he thought I was trying to pull him. He didn't believe I was trying to protect him. Where you come all the way to the fourth year, where we had this the terrible luck with the knee surgery, then you get the bad injury against Texas State with a turf toe. Yeah. He could have played against Army in Tennessee, but I knew for our conference championship run, there's no way we'd make it him playing on a bad toe. So this time when I pulled him, he really believed me. Where four years ago when I'd pull him, he thought I was up to something. Mm. He didn't trust me. So uh, we always talk about the trust uh, is truth over time. Uh, I've just spoken to Frank in all honesty for so many years now. He really trusts me. So I would think that's the story behind the story. Uh, everybody's going to remember all the miracle wins and all the unbelievable mm -hmm. fun we had together. Uh, but even in his last game, when he got hurt against Tulane, he was on quarterback power read. It was fourth down. He goes in there, smokes the kid. 
you know, broke his shoulder and uh, finished the game three quarters, played hurt, and didn't get to play in the bowl game. But those are things like we dealt with for four years as Frank, and he's, he's a special kid. He's, you know, it's, you hate to say this because so many coaches say it, but he really is like my own son. Mm. And I'm not taking anything away from his mom and dad because I know how wonderful they are. And his mom's tougher than all of us, so I don't want to make her <laughs> mad, but I love him like my own son. He was uh, – last year we honored him at the Sports Hall of Fame banquet. He was the Express News Athlete of the athlete of the Year, and I sat with his mom and dad and Frank and his fiance at, at the table. Um, man, he's a quarterback because he's such a leader. And um, I, I just sitting there, he's just such a gracious kid, yep. and his mom and dad are such good people. Do you see him going into coaching? Like some coaches will say, you know, you're dealing with a hundred kids. Um, very few of them will ever play in the NFL. So they all have to think about something to do after football. Do you see him being a coach? I know he's helping now on the NIL front with UTSA. Um, what do you, what do you see for him? What do you think his future looks like? I really don't know. I think he'll have to figure that out a little bit. Uh, he's so talented at so many things. Yeah. Uh, we still talk about it and I talk to him. Like I do my own children. Like, if you could do this, fill in the blank, for the rest of your life and never get paid, hmm. like, what is that for you? Like, for me, it was always coaching. Like, my very first class at Stephen F. Austin in 1986 <laughs> was on coaching. Like, I never was the guy that was, like, undeclared, went two years, taking a bunch of basics, extending my college stay. I went in knowing I wanted to be a ball coach. And it was a blessing because I've always known that's what I wanted to do. Like when I'm little, you can read my paper. That's what I always wanted to do. <laughs> I said, so for Frank, you got to figure that out. Like what would you mm -hmm. do the rest of your life if you didn't get paid? Like what would you do? Yeah. And I think he's finding all that. And whatever that is, he'll be great at it. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you went from high school to college football. That I don't think that's a normal route for coaches, right? It's normally like – they're an assistant here, they're an assistant there. They make all this. So talk to us about making that jump going from, you know, major high school football. And, and well, and along with, and, and the speed, because yeah. I, it was, what, 2015? I mean, so we're talking, we're in 2024. Yeah. And you've already rattled off, you know, the, the you know, what, what UTS done under your, your tenure, but the length, the time it took you to get to college football and then as becoming a head coach, just how fast it happened for you. Yeah. You know, I had no intentions of doing this. Uh, I was very content. You know, I raised three children at Gilmer. Um, I'm from Gilmer. That's my hometown. That's where I graduated from. So my father and mother, you know, were educators at the time during that time. I raised three kids. Uh, Jordan, Jake, and JC, you know, were all there. I was coaching <laughs> Little League baseball, upwards basketball. I was that dad. I was very intentional that I wanted to be that dad. Um, so I, I passed up probably five to seven opportunities <laughs> of coaching, being an assistant college coach. Um, and honestly, after that last state championship uh, at, at Gilmer, I felt it in my soul that I, I might be going somewhere, but I didn't know where and hadn't. I wasn't like searching for anything. I just kind of had this feeling. And randomly, out of nowhere, Charlie Strong called me and wanted me to come to the University of Texas. You know, he was from Florida and didn't have a lot of Texas connections, and he needed somebody to help him get in the door. And uh, that's what I did for Charlie. And uh, he, I learned a lot about recruiting. He was fantastic at that. Did you know him before then? Uh, just from him recruiting my school. He always really liked okay. how tough I was on kids. 
and how much I love kids. And Charlie and I aligned a lot. We were very similar, believe it or not. Um, so that's the only reason. I, he would come for recruit my school, and I remember him filming my kids and, like, sending them back to his strength coach. Uh, and at the time, he was at Louisville. And he'd be like, we got to make our kids be more tough like these Gilmer kids are. <laughs> so I knew he really respected how hard we were on kids, but how much we love kids at yeah. the same time. So that obviously we didn't win enough there, and I still feel bad about that to this day. Um, and then I went to SMU with Chad and then Arkansas, and I really thought I'd messed up, to be honest with you, because I turned down Matt Rule at Baylor, who I had a ton of respect for. Uh, but Chad offered me more titles and more, a quicker route to becoming a head coach. So Joey McGuire, you know, went to Baylor, and who was a good friend of mine, who's now the head coach of Texas Tech, who's a high school coach as well. And I really thought I'd messed up. And uh, it's an unbelievable story how I got hired here. Uh, but I'm always really grateful for Taylor, Amy, and Dr. Compost for giving me my chance. You know, Tell the story. December yeah. 9th. Yeah, well, what's the story? <laughs> I was in uh, the Marriott in Houston, and I was interviewing for Lamar uh, on a Saturday. And I'd wanted this job. And like seven assistant co- seven current head coaches that interviewed Dr. Campos and President Amy all asked me to be their offensive coordinator and be the associate head coach. And uh, they all seven basically said my name to Dr. Campos and President Amy. Like, huh. we got to have Jeff Trailer if I'm going to come. <laughs> the search firm was the same search firm that had me with the SMU job. And they actually gave me the job at SMU for a night. And they changed their mind the next day, and they went with Sonny Dykes. And Sonny's had a great career. So, yeah. But the search firm that had SMU also had UTSA. And they had already given President Amy Dr. Compost my name. But because we had not done very well at Arkansas, uh, they, they kind of weren't real fired up about talking to me. Um, but I, I just called a break with those seven coaches speaking on my name. And um, the AD at Arkansas, Hunter Yurichek, and Dr. Compost were very close. He thought I did a super job as a position coach at Arkansas, uh, SMU's AD, uh, Rick Hart, and Dr. Compost are close. He thought I did a fantastic job at SMU when I was <laughs> there. He reached out to her. Mike Perrin, who's my AD at the University of Texas, thought I did a really great job. He reached out to Dr. Compost. So some things just started lining up. Well, I'm supposed to interview on a Saturday uh, at Lamar. So it's Friday night. I'm in the hotel. I'm preparing for my interview at Lamar. And the search firm from UTSA calls and says, hey, man, you're not going to believe this, but these seven assistant, these seven coaches that are interviewed for this job have all mentioned your name. And President Amy and Dr. Compost want to know what the fuss is about this Jeff Trader guy. Uh, are you free tomorrow? I said, you won't believe this. I just moved my interview from Lamar from Saturday to Sunday. I'm actually free. Uh, I said, I'll fly in in the morning. So it's about 10 o'clock at night. I have... No clothes prepared for UTSA. I've got all red for Lamar. And uh, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in Marriott. I, I walk downtown or I either get a taxi. I don't know how I got down there. Oh, I had a rent car. I'm sorry. I had a rent car. I go downtown. I think I go to TJ Maxx. It's the only thing open at 10, 15 at night. <laughs> there were two African-American ladies in there, older, and they were in there shopping. And I'm like, look, baby, I'm like, look, I don't have a clue how to match anything my wife carries in Fayetteville right now, but I got to get this blue suit. I got to get something orange and blue to match and some socks. Can you help me here? And, man, we picked out socks and ties, and I spent two bucks on my socks and seven bucks on my tie. And uh, At TJ Maxx. I, I, at TJ Maxx. And uh, I got the interview prepared all night. Just, I stayed up all night. I literally watched the Alamo. I was trying to come up with a uh, motto. Uh, and I, I, had, I had draw the line. 
I had to draw the line, <laughs> and they loved it. President Andrew Dr. Compost loved it. You know, there's a scene in the movie where you know he yeah, draws yeah, the line. Yeah. You just cross, or one guy didn't. He's the one told the story supposedly, right? <laughs> but some people got upset. Once I got the job, some people got upset that draw the line was too exclusive or something. So we, that had to go away. So the triangle tub just appeared in, in, in place of draw the line. And I literally was up all night. I, I didn't sleep the whole interview. And I knew I had crushed the interview. I really knew I had done well. And at the end, President Amy wants to FaceTime Carrie and just see what she's doing. Of course, Dr. Compost is a female, and she's like, we don't need to FaceTime. We can just call her. And uh, I'm like, oh, she'll be good. He's like, what do you think she did all night? I said, she's so confident in my ability to interview. I'm sure and she loved the Hill Country. And it's been your wife. Texas. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. So uh, she loved the Hill Country. So she really wanted to get back to San Antonio. I said, knowing her, she's been on Zillow all night uh, picking out a house. <laughs> He's like, really? I'm like, probably knowing her. So I don't know actually if he FaceTimed or just called. I really don't remember the facts on that. But she answered. Oh, it was just a call. It was a speakerphone. And I remember Dr. Compost immediately like, Carrie, your own speakerphone with the president and the AD. She was just trying to you know, help a, a lady out because men don't think like that, right? And uh, President Amy said, well, Carrie, what'd you do all night? And she's like, I was on Zillow picking out houses in San Antonio. He's like, you're that confident I'm going to hire your husband? She's like, he's pretty good at interviews. Uh, I, I, think, I think he'll do okay. But he didn't say anything back to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the interview's over. We leave, and of course, Carrie's texting me. She's like, call me as soon as you're done. So I call her, and she's like, he's either the biggest jerk in the world, or you got this job. <laughs> they didn't tell me. They said they're going to call me tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, and they'll let me know. So I interviewed the next day at Lamar, uh, and I get that job as well. But I told them, I'm like, look, UTSA is going to let me know at 6. Uh, this is a Sunday night. I said, if I get that job, I'm going to take that one. And uh, if I don't, I'll come to Lamar. Uh, but I'm going to take that one if I get it. And they were kind enough to hold on and wait for me. Uh, and right at six, uh, Dr. Compost called me. I hate to fly. So I drove <laughs> nine hours from Houston to Fayetteville. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget uh, a song was on. I'm just such a, a goofball. I, I guess it was just on repeat. It was Lauren Daigle, Rescue Me, was the name of the song. <laughs> And I listened to the same song for nine straight hours. Now I, now, I will admit, I will admit, I will admit, I was hiring a staff for Lamar, so I'm on the phone for probably three hours. Yeah. I'm hiring a staff for UTSA because they're different. There's different pay, and you can get different kind of coaches yeah. and different level of people. So I'm I'm probably on the phone six out of nine hours. So it's not like I listened to the not same song for nine straight hours. Uh, but to this day, when I hear Lauren Daigle, I was definitely rescued and uh, got a, a dream job for me. That's a, it's a great story. That's a great story. That's incredible. All right, listen, let's transition to a few uh, things today. So you are, you have a reputation for being a prolific recruiter. That's, that's pretty much, I think one of the, one of your calling cards to success as an assistant was, I can't remember what conference you were named recruiter of the year, but you were Big named 12. Big 12, right? Yes, sir. So how has, we're all in favor of these kids getting paid. Um, but how is NIL changing your recruiting pitch? How is it making, how's it, for someone who loved the recruiting game when money wasn't involved, how is the money now changing the way you have to recruit these kids? Yeah, it's, it's different for sure. Um, relationships don't matter as much <laughs> until the money gets kind of equal. It's not going to matter. I mean, you can just, most people just go where the most money is. 
It's not like kids are any different than adults. Very few. Uh, has it happened that quickly? Is that? Oh, yeah. There's no doubt. I, my value has been minimized in that sense. Where my value has been increased is the second time. Like when they go chase the money and they don't, they're not happy when they get there. It's a lot colder up north than they thought it was. Yeah. Whatever it is, the coach treats them like a piece of meat, doesn't love them. And I've really – like we all talk about, oh, we lost – two great starters this year. Mm-hmm. And we lost one great starter a year before last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we lost three kids. And I hate that. I hate it. I, I love those kids. But we picked up eight really good players the year before last. We picked up seven more this year. They were all transfer portal guys. Mm-hmm. So that's 15 guys we picked up, and we lost three. We're going to come out on the better. Uh, handling your team. Like 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 my recruiting score this year, because the way they do it is so insane. We only, we only, we only signed 22 kids. Yeah. We don't lose many kids. Our kids stay, mm-hmm. right? So we we average the highest recruit star. Like we, our kids are high quality kids. But let's just say for simple math, we signed twenty two three stars. Well, the way the system is, that's twenty two times three, so you get sixty six points. Well, North Texas signed forty nine kids. We'll just, but say their stars are two, just to, just for simple math. Mm-hmm. Well, they get ninety eight points. Mm. Well, they're 98. It's more than our 66. Yeah. So they're ranked way higher than we are. And we look like we didn't recruit very well. But the truth is we recruited better. Than, we, were, we were the highest G5, again, I think three years in a row, mm-hmm. of the quality of the recruit. And somebody needs to change the metric yeah. where we get rewarded because you have to recruit your own roster now. Mm-hmm. And the way you treat those kids and keeping those kids yeah. around, there's tremendous value that we kept Brandon Brown, our nose guard. We kept Joe Evans, our four technique. Jamal Liggins, who started every game for us at Mike Linebacker, that there should be value in you keeping your roster. So it's it's just changed. I can't like literally. Here's how the conversation goes, Mark. Like, hey, Josh, what, what's your range of for us to get you here? One hundred fifty thousand well, dollars. <laughs> uh, okay, you need to go on down the road. We can't we can't talk to you, Josh. You're out of our league. Seriously, no like you're out of our league. Boy, if they say, Coach, it's really not about that for me. If I can just get a little help with a car payment and some insurance. Now, until just recently, you couldn't even promise on that. Yeah. You weren't supposed to make this about recruiting. Now, that's even been changed just last week. Yeah. Uh, but all you could do was say, well, here's what we have done for our other players, but I can't promise you anything. That's how the recruiting deal had to go down, right? Which is why the federal judge just overturned that because of Tennessee and Florida what happened with those kids. So it's just changed, and you just kind of got to know. Like, I've got some kids that got paid really, really a lot of money that came in, didn't ask me for a dime. Like, they just go, they want to be on the team. I want to play for you. I want to I play at San Antonio. I'm like, so you're not asking for anything? They're like, well, if you got anything, we'd like to have some. But no, I'm not asking for anything. Because huh. they really, huh. uh, they're grateful just to get to go play the game. Some guys, we're no different. Some of us, maybe of us four here, you pay me enough, I don't care. I'll do whatever. Just pay me. <laughs> Some guys like to play, but they want to play the game. So, and correctly, in the right environment, they value that more than a large amount of money. Does that make sense? So those yeah. are the guys that have had a lot of success with us. Well, that's where it's some of the insanity around college football where I've sort of struggled with is like SEC and Big Ten, right? It's so huge NIL market, 
Well, there's only so many starting quarterbacks in college football. 100% right. So, so you can either get some NIL money and be second or third string at Nebraska, or you could start somewhere else. And if you've got, I mean, most, most guys aren't going to make it to NFL, but to me, that's where the whole flaw in, I don't know what the question is, but the whole flaw in this like arms race in college sports to me is the fact that there are still only 132 starting quarterbacks or however many, you know. It's funny, so it's funny you brought that up because when I let Devin McEwen, my freshman All-American receiver, first time interview, San Antonio Express is on, Greg Luca. First question, well, are you going to stay here when you get offered all this money to leave? <laughs> and he's dead right. He's going to. He had that great of a year. And, and, and his answer to your point was like, that's not why I came to UTSA. I know my value is going to be at the next place. And I know Coach Trader will tell to develop me. I know he'll get me to that, my opportunity at the next place. And whatever UTSA can give me, just be extra on this situation. Well, he's got a mom. He's got a dad. He's got a situation back home mm-hmm. where he's okay. Like, I can give you many examples of players on our team that could go for more money. And they stay, but it does help. If you've got people at home that already have your car for you and already have your insurance and have your cell phone. But like when Trey Moore comes to sit down in my office and he tells me the money that's out there and Trey, you got to go. I mean, you got to go. Right, <laughs> you right. can't stay here. You got to go. It's, it's life changing money. Bet on yourself. Go. So it's not even that I have any ill will towards them at all. Uh, I just know it's the new way the game's played and we just got to go replacing the best we can. So is the is the portal transfer is that good or bad? Is it? I mean, I can give you examples yeah. of bad and good. I mean, what do you? I, I can give you examples of both. Like it's not like we have lost a lot of players here from UTSA that weren't playing for us. That's a healthy conversation. I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. They came here, they sat on the bench three years, and they yeah. want to play. Yeah, I don't blame them. That that's where I can give you a lot of good examples. I can give you some bad examples though of players that went for the money and didn't play. They didn't get to play. Those are the bad examples. So you can make a case for both. Right, right. I don't, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I do believe that these kids should be able to move, and I do believe that they should get paid. But I struggle now with the ruling last week out of Tennessee that, that they can move so quickly and play so quickly. Is there a, is there a, is there a, do you see a challenge to that in terms of, there has to be, um, in all of the professional sports leagues, it is regulated. The, there, there's either salary caps or there's, uh, there's a, there's free agency. It seems like college football went from being archaic to being no rules barred and, um, no holds barred. I mean, how do you, how do you balance out where the sweet spot for transfer portals for NIL? Where's the, Where's the sweet spot? I don't think there's going to be one. Uh, just listening to the head of the NCAA, I mean, he. Yeah. I, I read his exact quote was, "I don't. I don't feel sorry for anybody that's a coach that can leave at any time, and they're trying to hold the players up." So I don't think there's going to be that sweet spot. I think players are going to have the ability to leave anytime they want to, as many times as they want to, forever. Now, if you made me in charge for a day, because I still care about them getting a degree. That's what's not being discussed in this. Yeah. We all have gone to college. When you keep transferring schools, yeah. you don't get to take all your credits with you. So 
They all want to play in the National Football League. The percentages are only like 2.5% of them do, and they only play for like three years. Yeah. But nobody wants to hear that either. Because that hurts, right, to, to know that you're not going to play for 15 years to be in the Hall of Fame. Because all of us have done it. We all watch the Hall of Fame. We see them put on a gold jacket. We see them crying. And that's going to be us one day. Because I'm going to work harder, and that's going to be me. And then we're all sitting here having this podcast, and we didn't all quite I make still it, right? think it's going to happen. Right. I'm with you. We, we all do, right? So the part that's not getting discussed enough is what about the degrees? I do want to see the graduation rates of all these kids that are transferring so much. And now that we've been doing this enough, I think that will come back up. If it were me for a day, I would say, you know what? With this COVID thing, we've all proven kids can play more than four years. Give them all five. Mm. Everybody gets five. Hmm. No more red shirt. You get five. Hmm. But if you leave, if you leave, you sit out one year. You can leave. you got to sit out one year. What, what is that really going to hurt? What is that going to hurt? Mm-hmm. If you graduate in three, you can leave too and not even lose one of your years. Let's put some type of incentive to get your degree. So say, say you go three and you graduate in three, then you transfer and get to play two more somewhere else if you want to. I just wish there was something because what is going on that's not being discussed enough is the tampering. It's when they just come. Is it, ha- is it happening? All the time. Yeah. All the time. And, and I don't Is wanna, it happening? You're a UW fan. I'm in Arizona. Okay. It's definitely <laughs> happening. <laughs> you guys stole so many of our players. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Yeah, it's because they all went to Alabama. They had to. Well, think about it. When they leave that late, where else can they? And now yeah. guess what's going to happen? And I'm not accusing those guys. Yeah. There was nowhere else to go because the portal was already closed. It's closed, yeah. They get the 30-day so, window so, yeah. coaching change. So yeah. April 15th to May 1st, it opens again. Mm-hmm. You don't think some people are going to come that didn't get their roster quite right? And, yeah, it's happening every single day, all the time, all the time. And that that's the part of this I think would change if they had to just sit out just for a year. But still get all five years. You still get to play your four. If you want to leave that bad, or if yeah. your coach leaves, if your coach leaves, you should be able to go. I get it. That's why you went there. I would not have no restrictions. I would just have some restrictions. Uh, would be me if I was king for a day. You talked about how from the first your first class in college, I mean, you knew what you wanted yes. to do, what you wanted to be. Where that come from? Why did you want to do this? Yeah, my mom and dad were educators. Uh, my dad was music, believe it or not. A band director, principal, led the choir. My mom was a double music major as well. She played the piano at church. Uh, choir teacher as well, loved music. She taught uh, elementary school most of her career. Um, so I always wanted to be an educator for sure. And uh, when I came through Gilmer, we just were the most talented team, but we never won really. We were a mess. <laughs> and I noticed other schools that were very well coached. And I used to, you can look at my 10 year high school, uh, my, the, your senior book where it says, where will you be in 10 years? And it literally says in my terrible handwriting, I will be the head coach of Gilmer High School. <laughs> I really wanted to come back and give the kids of Gilmer, uh, what I didn't think we got. And, uh, in, in May 1st of 2000, uh, they hired me on a 4-3 vote, a probationary contract which means I was an at-will employee. Um, 
And I don't blame them. The three guys that voted against me, I was kind of a knucklehead when I was in high school. And they probably didn't want me leading their kids. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't 10 years later, but it was 12 years later. I was 30 when I got that job. and Or 31, somewhere right around that time in my life. And uh, we were not good. We were bad. We won six games our first year, and they thought I was the mayor. And then we won eight, and it was the first district championship in like 20 years. And mm-hmm. Then we won 10. Then we won 13. And then in 2004, first state championship in the history of the school. And then the next 10 years, we either played for it or won it uh, every single year. It was an incredible run. Jeff, how Ugh. how incredible is it to be a successful high school football coach in Texas? Like what? You see all the, I mean, like we grew up in the generation of all of these television shows, like depicting the life of a Texas high school football coach. I played high school football. I love high school football. What was that like to be at your alma mater, like just crushing it? Yeah, I say it all the time to my buddies. Uh, other than the money and my ego, the greatest job I ever had in my life was Gilmer, Texas. There's no doubt about it. You're, you're changing. You're transforming lives. These kids, when I get them, like, awesome. you are you're you're helping. You are helping. There's no doubt. There's still a huge role for us in these college students' lives. But it's not the same as when I inherit Chris Boyd in pre-K, and my mama teaches him in pre-K, and she whipped his tail. And then my wife is his elementary principal, K through four, and she whipped his tail. And then I got him in fifth grade in pre-athletics. And now I'm starting to smoke him. And then I coach him in junior high. <laughs> then I coach him in high school. Then he goes to the University of Texas and graduate, plays for the Minnesota Vikings for five years, yeah. and I playing for the Texans for six. <laughs> and my mama started that in pre-K when he was four. <laughs> There's nothing like that, right? That's just. Does he know that too? Does he know? Oh, yeah, heck yeah. yeah. We yeah. still talk about it. And yeah. I, I call him all the time just to make sure he's saving his money. He's like, I ain't saving none of it, coach. I'm living for the day. I'm winning the day, coach. I'm winning the day. I'm like, that's not what I meant, Chris. That's not what I meant. <laughs> that's great. So, what instrument do you play? You know, my dad, I didn't know you had rights. Like, uh, he made me be in the band. So, in the seventh grade, and they said, I, I, they said my lips were so big, I had to play the baritone, the trombone, or the bass. Uh, and I was buck teeth as heck. My brother, Kurt, who coached their old line, used to tell me that I was a buck teeth, that I could get peanuts out of the bottom of a Coke bottle. So, uh, I I played there for a year, which was not bad because all the good looking girls were in the band. It was, it was pretty nice, honestly. But then Kurt came through when I go in the eighth grade, he's going to the sixth. And he told dad he wasn't going to be in the band. And my dad's like, okay, like, wait a minute. We, we have rights. Like we can say we're not going to do something. So I said, I'm out too. So I got out in the eighth, but I was in the seventh grade. I'll play the right. trombone. All right. So like you, I, I love this city. I've, I've been here now for almost, almost five years. It's, it really is a great place to live. And, and I, and I've become a, a huge fan, a huge road, roadrunner fan. So the Big Ten and the SEC create this alliance, right? Um, the transformation of college football is like happening right in front of us. It's it, it's so frustrating for me that the seventh largest city in the United States is somehow like missing from these conversations, especially with it's a one it's a one team it's a one team city. Yeah. UTSA football is is the team, but let's dismiss my frustration with that. Like when you watch the Big Ten and the SEC, what what do you expect to happen? And then what is, where's UTSA in the mix of, well, like, where do you think UTSA is in five years when all of the television contracts come up for renewal in the 30, 32 seconds? I'm going to be out of the box here and flip this back on you and say, it's up to us because 
if we get our NIL money correct right. and we win the games we should win, and we don't have to have $100 million like some of those guys, we just have some money to our kids. We'll win enough games and we got enough TVIs, we'll be in that conversation. Yeah. If we don't win these next five years, no one's going to care. But if we get on national TV like we have been doing and keep beating people that are really good, that have been playing football for 100 years, they're going to want our TVIs. Yeah. So we're not out of the woods unless we don't get in the NIL game. If, we, if I could just get one major company, like FedEx crushes it for Memphis. You can't compete against them recruiting. And I'm going to have to play Memphis in the Alamo Dome, hopefully to go to a conference championship game. And they've got a whole different budget to recruit their roster with than we do right now. If we don't fix that, we're going to get left out. But if we can get that fixed, we're going to be in there with them. Because it now is literally who wants it the most. And I don't know if we don't get the large business to do it or we don't get the large booster to do it. Then we had to play the numbers game. We are the seventh largest city in the country. We got a bunch of thousandaires. Yeah. If a thousandaires will give a hundred, and as a millionaire will give a thousand, we can just do the compound interest on that. And there's so many people, we'd be fine. So two and zero inspired.org. I was at the basketball game the other day, watching the Spurs, and a, and a man came up and introduced himself. Said, "Coach, really, what can I do?" I said, "Man, you can go two and zero inspired.org, two and zero city fans, yeah. and you can help me." He's like, "How? I'm not just get on your phone, two and zero inspired.org." He literally went. On 210inspired.org, put $10,000. He said, who do you want me to give it to? I'm like, I can't tell you that. I said, just put on their football. And Martin Salinas and April and Sarah will figure out where the kid, where the who gets the money. And boom, it was that simple. So we we still can do it, yeah, Mark. Yeah. But we're going to have to keep winning at a fast rate in the next five what, years. What is the the right amount of NIH money, NIL money to be correct? And, you know, for just for everyone, the fans, just how much is it that the players – Get a UTSA. Yeah. yeah. Well, just this, as factual, our kids are getting $600,000 in a year right now. So there's 100 players average. We're really at 112. Say 100. So that's approximately $6,000 a kid, which is $500 a month. If we could just get it to where our kids could get a car and some air insurance and a cell phone, baseline pay for all of them. We'd be fine. And then you're going to have your one-offs, eight or ten kids that people try to come buy from us. And then maybe those special kids, six or eight boosters step up and go, here's 50000 to keep this one kid. Most of our kids will stay for that and not go take 200 or 300 at another place. They'll stay and play for 50 in a heart because they love the city so much. And, and we've got a lot of guys on our team. Now, there is that element. There are a few deals going on out there, like just that I'm not aware of. But as far as our collectives, mm -hmm. those are giving about six hundred thousand dollars a year. But like maybe somebody's doing a commercial for another lawyer okay. or for another business in town that I'm not quite aware of. But that's fixing the change too, where it's all got to be reported, so I will be able to know exactly who's getting what. Do you have to? Does that change your job though? Do you have to manage the money in the locker room in the sense that? You know, Carrie's making 75000 and I'm making 6000 and we're on the team together. Does well, that we've got non-disclosures in there, so the kids can't discuss it. They're not supposed to. Hmm. But you know they <laughs> probably do. Yeah. Um, and I just give them the, the truth. I don't have enough right now for everybody to get what they all need. We're still just trying to make it, man. 
and I'm not really supposed to be over this at all, right? This is supposed to be outside of me. Now it's fixing to be where we are more involved mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. It's just evolving all yeah. the time. And uh, I just think we, that we were so unique. The city's so wonderful. They really do love playing for us. We have a really unique – if we could just get it doubled, if we could just get it doubled, okay. we'll be fine. Now, let's go to Mark's point. Let's say we do win all those games mm-hmm. and we do get to the big boys. I think by then there will be some profit sharing. Yeah. There will be some TV money, mm-hmm. revenue down. I do think the schools will end up getting more control of this again and paying the players from the top down uh, because your boosters are getting exhausted of having to build a practice facility, build the race facility, give scholarship money, pay for NIL. That's, that's exhausting for our boosters. How much does the city help? How much does the city help? I, and I, 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 during the football season, you know, I, on on Twitter at times, I I like to as Josh say pick pick fights, and and some guy from Kansas State was saying something about UTSA football, and I said if I was buying a stock, I'd buy UTSA football stock over Kansas State football stock hmm. ten days out of ten days, and I had like fifteen thousand K State fans like uh, tweet at me, and my whole my whole feeling <laughs> behind that is because this is the other Wildcat, yeah. It's because yeah. San Antonio is is this city is is really beginning to grow. I think President Amy is doing an unbelievable job at UTSA, and I think you are doing an incredible job at UTSA. So I, I do see that this thing could become really, really special because of all three of those things put together. The city means a lot to that to that element, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a reason I drove 35 minutes down here to speak to y'all today. I mean, I like y'all, and y'all been great to me, but it's going to be about communication and just having these real conversations and educating people. Because it sounds like, if you look at us, you're like, oh, they're doing all so wonderful up there. They're winning all those games. Look how nice their facility is. But the truth is, what's been thrown in here on top of COVID, on top of George Floyd, on top of NIL and Transfer Portal, is now you really had to get – fundraising going for the NIL world. That's mm. been on top of you're trying to fundraise for a practice facility. I see it as a positive, though. Again, to Mark's point, we just got to educate the people. Mm. Like You'd be surprised how many people apologize for saying, I've only got $500 to give, Coach. That's huge for us. Mm. That's that's large money. If, if You just think about it. If just a 1,000 people give $100, that's a bunch of zeros there. Yeah. A thousand times a thousand is a whole lot of zeros. So the, the the multiplicity and the compound interest of all of us, to me, unless I can get some large company just to step up and donate to 210inspired.org. And, you know, the 210 City fans is more of a fundraising deal, like an event-driven deal where you can buy tables. Or 210inspired.org, Martin and April and Pat Clines have made that where it's literally serving our city. And our kids have got to go give back to the city, or they don't get paid. Yeah, I think I, I, you know, I always, I think it's great that that these athletes are, are finally getting paid. But yeah. when you were first thinking about becoming a coach, did you ever think that you would have to use the words multiplicity and compound interest? You know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I to be honest with you. Uh, luckily, I do love math, and I'm, and I'm naturally pretty good at it. So that's been, you know, a pain, but it does make me feel good. Uh, because most of my kids are first generation, and a lot of them are sending money back to their families. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're taking care of other people. That's awesome, and it it, it makes me feel good. There, there, it's very heavy. Yeah. It's heavy, 
uh, but I feel good. Or like we bring in a speaker a month about credit history right now, mm. how to borrow money, how to buy a car. You have wow. to have insurance on the car. Mm-hmm. What? Insurance. Why do I have to pay so much? I'm only 20 years old. I'm a kid. Exactly. That's why you're paying so much. You're 20 years old and you're a kid, right? They have no idea. And it's just put, it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's just changed drastically for us. Um, but I had a UTSA uh, former student come speak to us just this last week on compound interest and credit score and how to get a checking account set up and all those kind of things that uh, we might, but if, if not, it's going to land in my lap anyway. Mm-hmm. They're going to walk in and say, well, this school's offering me this and I can't afford my car. Well, like I had a kid the other day trying to get a down payment and he's like, I don't have any cash for it. I said, where's that used car you had? Well, it won't crank. It's just sitting out there under my, my uh, lawn. I'm like, I'm under my uh, overhead garage. I'm like, that car's probably worth $10,000. It won't even crank. I'm like, you get it a crank for probably a couple hundred, get you a something, whatever's wrong with it, take it down there to a used car place. They probably give you 10 grand. There's no way, coach. I'm like, yeah, they really will. Everyone needs a football coach. What's it, what's it, what's it like having a hundred sons? I mean, what is it like having a hundred sons? I can see the, I'm, I'm a parent. I can see this. How many kids do you have? I have two. Okay. Yeah, 20, 20, 21 two. and 15. Probably one of them is really easy and the other one's probably really tough, right? It depends on, I got all different kinds in there. It depends. <laughs> but the game is, and it also helps me from being a high school coach. A lot of these conversations were similar. Yeah. You know, when you're basically raising Chris Boyd from the time he's four, yeah. those are conversations you were having with those kids. And it's just into the college world now. And um, not all my kids are that way, but a lot of them need help. Yeah, my daughter the other week, uh, pre-law student at Georgia, calls me and says, my uh, my oil light is on. What do I do? Yeah. I'm like, Go get your oil changed, Miss <laughs> Lawyer. Like you want to be a lawyer, like go get your lawyer. Go get mine. Mine Golly. don't go there. Mine still are guilting me that I didn't teach them that before they left the house. It's like somehow my fault. <laughs> I'm like, really? I had to tell you when the light came on and said, "Check your oil." To check your oil. I didn't even know how to change a flat when I left the house, Dad. Google it. You'll figure it out. All right, we're gonna start wrapping this up and, yeah. and let you go. Um, we got to know what's up with the hat, like. Yeah. <laughs> the, man, the man with the hat. Does it come off ever? They got very home. rarely. Very when rarely. you go to bed. Very yeah. That's about it. <laughs> when I was young, uh, I loved to play basketball. I had a lot of hair, a lot of blonde hair, and I I was always a messy head because I was always hooping, and uh, so I always had a cap, and so I've always worn a cap. But I can remember everybody telling me, you're going to go ball one day because you wear that cap all the time. <laughs> oh, that's a bunch of crud. Well, I don't know if I had anything to do with it, but I went ball, right? And then when I got hired, like, I would occasionally wear the cap early. And everybody was like, are y'all the Ravens? Are y'all the Orioles? Like, who are y'all? Like, what team is that? And it pissed me off, to be quite honest with you. And I said, when I retire from there, there's not going to be one person in the country they don't know what the runners are. They're going to know about this cap, right? So it served a couple of purposes. It does make me look a lot younger because I'm covering up my bald head all the time. But the biggest thing, it causes conversations. And awesome. everywhere I go, I don't – like when I go to church, very few people recognize me. That's my next question. Very yeah. few, like, say, what's So you don't coach? wear it in church? That's the only time I don't. I don't wear it in church. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't matter where I am if I have this cap on. 
Like I am their coach. And that is so flattering. It doesn't matter where I am. It is Coach Trailer, birds up. And everybody knows. I'm getting on planes now and I'm flying to New Orleans to see my son. Birds up. I'm going to New York to see my daughter. Birds up. I'll be in New York wearing it. Birds up. I mean, it, it oh. really has. And I'm not saying we're there yet. That's awesome. But it's moved yeah. a long ways in the last four years. That's why I wear it. All awesome. right. I want you to weigh in on a sports debate. Uh, All right. You know, uh, we talk a lot about a lot of serious issues on the Ed board, uh, but we talk about a lot of – we are all big sports fans. Um, are you LeBron or Jordan? We, we, we already heard. He told no, us the name no, of but his it's, son. But it's important. It's important. <laughs> I'm just going to – Kareem here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Firmly, Kareem, for sure. No, I don't know why you even leave him out of the debate. It would have been is, great if you had Kareem named belongs Jordan in the debate. Kareem. And anyway. It's really not even debatable. <laughs> Because when Mike played, they actually played defense. And you had to be a tough guy, right? Everybody's talking about LeBron's longevity. Well, I do think he's an unbelievable. Oh. I am not taking anything away from LeBron. Yeah. But do you see what Mike had to go through? All the, it was unbelievable what the Pistons did to him and the Celtics did to him. The Knicks. That, that was, the Knicks, that was just crazy. Uh, it's a fun debate. Like we do this every year at fall camp. It's one of our things we do. We're just getting sick of each other. Uh, and we go, we rank one through 10. Now my guys are pretty educated. Kareem has always made the top five. Kobe's usually third. LeBron's usually second. But even with this generation, now it probably helps that the head coach is beating Michael Jordan drum all the time. True story to his point, my oldest son's name is Jordan Michael. So that lets you know how much endearing I was to MJ. And uh but it's a it's a great debate. And uh I can't wait to the debate when we're talking about Wimby being there. Mm, that ooh, that's pretty a, special. Mm, be up there. Yeah. He's amazing. I, I we're good. I mean, I don't have any other questions. I've got a lot of other lot questions, of but we're out of time. So Enjoyed it. Thank y'all very Thank much. You, hey, thanks for all your success. You're fun. you're amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Birds up. Appreciate yeah. y'all. God bless. Birds up. Yeah. <laughs>